0: Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church, El Dorado. If you have your Bibles, go to the Book of Job. The Book of Job. And tonight I'm going to continue a message that I started this morning called twenty twenty four here we come and tonight where I, where I really felt the Lord was leading me was to talk about expectation. everybody say expectation so tonight, I really want to hype you up and and I really need to be hyped up myself but i, I i'm I'm not there <laughs> but I'm working on it uh, I, I'm a little low tonight I haven't eaten but uh but I, I want to I raise expectations. Now, my faith is there, but my body uh, is not there. But my faith is there. And I want to talk about expectation. And I, I want to look at a, a passage of Scripture in the book of Job, in Job 22, if you want to go over there, Job 22. And as you go there, I'm going to give you some intro. Would that be okay? There is an old saying that says, "Idle hands are the devil's workshop." Idle hands are the devil's workshop. You ever heard that? How many of you know? We don't sit around depressed and sick. No, we find out what God's plan is for our lives, and we get after it. One of the worst things we can do is sit and be idle. I don't believe God called us to be idle. I I don't think God called us to to be a sedentary society. And unfortunately, that's what we've become uh, in America as a whole. Not necessarily us in this room, but America as a whole. God created us and he designed us to be moving. He, he designed us to be fruitful and multiply. And that's not just with children. That's in everything we do, we should be multiplying everything God puts in our hands. Can I hear an amen or something? So that's a big deal, that God wants us to be moving. God wants us to be active. I uh, read something yesterday online. A man was 89 years old, and he's still working in a tire shop. And at 10 o'clock yesterday morning, he bent down and changed his last tire because he was retiring. 89. Now, I'm just going to tell you, he looked like, I was telling Lisa this story, he looked like he was in his probably late 60s, early 70s. I would have never guessed him to be almost 90 years old. And so they asked him, what's the secret? And he said, stay busy. And they said, well, what are you going to do in the morning, your first day being retired? And he said, get on the tractor and move hay around for the cows. What what was he saying? I'm being active. And he looked at his wife, the same thing. She apparently was active too. Because both of them didn't look, I would have guessed, late 60s, early 70s. And they're both approaching 90. This man right here, Brother Billy, 90, how old are you? Ninety-two. I would have never, 92 and a half, all right. Man, brother, I don't know what the secret of the fountain is, but I want some of that. So how many of you believe God called us to be active? We get in trouble when we're not active. We sit around and all that. That's why depression is is doing what it's doing to our country. It's doing a number on our country. Why, people are not working, people are not busy, they're idle, and God called us to be busy. If you attend this church between both churches, between one community and Cornerstone, you can get well churched. Like I mean, I think there is opportunities here. Uh, we're doing something here. I wrote this in my notes. We're doing something here that's very, very unique. Okay, it's very unique. It's actually unheard of. But we're doing it. Why? Because we believe God's called us to do it. We believe this is what the Lord has told us to do. And what I love about this is that this, and and notice the word I said, unique. This is unique what we're doing. And I don't know if you've noticed or not. I don't know if you paid attention. I'd love to know after service. Y'all tell me. But have you noticed, especially if you attend One Community, and, and One Community is no mega church by any stretch of the imagination, but for Union County, it's pretty big. But what I love about that is, is that you come out here and it's a totally different feel. It's totally different. So to me, there's advantages to that size. There's advantages to this size. There's disadvantages to this size. There's disadvantages to our size. And what we get here is uniqueness. It's more one-on-one. It's more personal. And we get that. We get teaching and all those things. So what I'm saying is you at your disposal have something very unique. You have something that other churches can't duplicate. Like a large church in El cannot duplicate what we're doing here tonight. And that's 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 awesome. That's what God wants. That's what the body of Christ is for. So we're getting well churched. Everybody say well churched. There is opportunities here. And I would add to that, I would add that you get the feel and the best of both. You get the advantages of both. And I think that is very unique in this day and time that we live in. You can be as discipled and equipped like crazy between the two churches. Amen. So I want to ask you tonight, what kind of outreach can you do? I didn't say what kind of outreach I can do. I said, what kind of outreach can you do? Now, I told you this board, what you're going to put on here, these names. My question is, let's not just put a bunch of names and expect God to magically just do this by himself. What can we do to help this happen? What kind of outreaches and things can we do as, as the body of Christ? And, and I, I will say church, but I kind of want to shy away from that because I don't want you to think the church is the only one doing it. I get a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that. Y'all, y'all do that. Now how about you do that? So it's us as the body. What kind of outreach can we all do? because every single one of us, we don't have to wait for pastor, we don't have to wait for some organized event. Every single one of us can do something and we can be active to reach people as an outreach. God, how can we? We're all missionaries. We're all missionaries, every single one of us. Luis, God can use you to reach the Hispanic community. God has gifted you for that, He's raised you that way, and I cannot wait to see what God will do with you. I believe that. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for Luis and Devin. God, I pray you would equip him and her with everything they need to reach the Hispanic community for the cause of Christ. Lord, I I don't care who gets the credit for it. I just want you to get the credit for it. And God, I thank you that you're going to give them ideas and creativity to reach people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. I felt that, brother. I believe that. Every one of us can do something. Let me ask you a question. Do you deer hunt? Do you hunt with guys? Let me ask you this. Does anybody play softball? How about this? Do you work with people? Yeah, I didn't land on the other two, so I had to find something. (laughs) In other words, what I'm trying to say is every one of us can do something. Can you imagine, just, just imagine with me, my dad used to say, would you go to the theater of your mind with me? So tonight, would you go to the theater of your mind and imagine with me what if that person you played softball with, you deer hunted with, you worked with, what if you started praying, you put them on this board and you started praying and you saw them on the front row on Sunday night or the second row or the third row and watched them get up and accept, walk the aisle and accept Jesus as their Savior? That could happen. That is not far-fetched. But it's going to take prayer. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take, God, what can I do? How can I be resourceful to reach people. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Everyone can do something. You don't have to stand up here and preach. Everybody's not called to do that, but every person can do something. Everybody say, do something. So what I want to do tonight is I want to pray for you. And at the end of this service, I want to pray for you and you remind me. So make a note because I will get to preaching and I will forget. I want to pray, write this down. I want to pray in a few minutes that God would give you ideas. And I also want to pray that you would delight in serving the Lord. Like this won't be a hardship for you or a burden for you. This will be fun for you. I, I, I want to say ministry is supposed to be fun. And if it's not fun, then we've got a bunch of sour lemons. It should be fun. It should be exciting. Everybody say exciting. Job chapter 22 And I'm going to read from King James because that's the version we have here uh, through our our projector. But I'm going to read uh, Job 22, starting in verse 25. Yeah, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have the delight, everybody say delight, in the Almighty, and shall lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee. Everybody say, hear thee. And thou shalt pay thy vows. 28, thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established. Everybody say, decree a thing, and it shall be established. And watch this, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. The light, highlight that, the light shall shine upon thy ways. And we'll end with verse 29. When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is a lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. Notice this. Highlight it. When men are cast down. Everybody say cast down. Then you will say, Lord, there is a lifting up. Everybody say lifting up. When you serve God, It's like you have to be careful not to annoy people. When you serve God, you have to be careful not to annoy people. See, people outside of the church are under a curse, but for you, you're not only not under a curse, but you're under the blessing. And the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. All the days. Everybody shout out all the days. Every day of your life, you have scriptural grounds for a miracle. Every day of your life, you have scriptural grounds for a miracle. If God's Word is true, and it is, if God's Word is a foundation, and it is, then if God told me this is a covenant book, and it is, then I don't have to worry about what God's going to do. I just have to focus on what I am doing. Y'all believe that tonight. A, A good example is, You know, I said a moment ago in the offering, I don't have to worry about that, like the bills and all that. In my pastorate, I passed that bridge a long time ago. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what can we do for the kingdom, and here's why. Because God's done told me that I'm blessed. So I'm not worried. This is not an issue of if I'm blessed or not. I am blessed. And so, to me, the, the illustration in my mind that I'm seeing is, let's say I worked for corporate Verizon. You know, the cell phone, Verizon. And let's say corporate office, my bosses said, Jason, and say I'm into the, you know, the the building or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the word, it just left me. But anyway, they tell me my job is to go to Smackover, Arkansas and build a Verizon store. Well, how many of you know, I don't have to question if the money's there. They're Verizon. All I got to do is do what they told me to do. I don't even have to worry about what it looks like. I, don't have, I didn't design it. I'm not the architect of it. They are. They just told me to go build a store. My job is to make sure that I'm building a store. I'm lining up the contractors. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and carrying my end of the bargain, right? So that's what I'm supposed to do. I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. I'm just listening to what headquarters told me. Well, how many of you know here at Cornerstone Church, we don't have to worry about how it's going to get paid for and how all this is going to work and how do we do this and how do we do that? We don't have to worry about it. All we've got to do is listen to what headquarters says. What is he telling us to do? The rest of it's on him. It's his church, not my church, not your church. It's God's church. So all we're doing is following what he said. And he said in his word, I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. So my job is not to worry about all those things. My job is to just be a doer. James, the Bible says in the book of James, we're to be doers of what he said to do. Is that right? Now I'm getting my energy. Y'all feel that? (laughs) I feel it in the room. We're not under a curse. Everybody say, I'm not under a curse. I'm under the blessing. And everybody say this, God's Word is true. Say it again, God's Word is true. When men say there is a casting down, you won't feel it. No matter what happens in 2024, it doesn't matter because I know what God is going to do and and I know what I'm going to do to help the Lord in whatever area that He calls me to do it. Amen? Deuteronomy 28, I will set you on high above the nations of the earth. Well, Pastor Jay, in this family, I told you I was feeling energy, so here I go. I'm fixing to be sarcastic, so here we go. Well, Pastor Jay, in this family, everyone dies of heart disease before 60. Show me that in Scripture. Show me that in Scripture. I I have not found that in my family, we die before 60. No, he said, with long life, I will satisfy you. Is that what he said? had a man uh, tell me for probably, I don't know if it was every week, but I would say every other week he told me this out of his mouth. And he said his last name, and he said, every man in my family with, and he said the last name, everybody in my family with this last name Dies in their early 70s. Every man, every man, great grandfather, all the way back, all the way up, every man, cousins, you name it, they all die in their early 70s. I bet he told me that every week or every other week. And that may be a conservative number. He talked about that all the time. Guess what? He died at 72. He died at 72. Why? He ingested that belief instead of this belief. He ingested it. He spoke it. He said it so many times that it came true. Let me ask you, what is setting the expectation of your life? What what are you expecting? Because what you expect is important. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. What you expect is what you experience in life. What you expect is what you experience in life. Proverbs 23 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is what? Let me say that again. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is. They put Joseph into slavery. They put him into prison, but he did not conduct himself as a slave. He conducted himself as a king. They put him in prison. He was a slave, but he did not conduct himself that way even when he was in slavery. Why? Because he knew he was highly favored of the Lord. And he did not conduct himself that way. Most people's expectation is not based on the Word of God. It's based on family sayings. And they'll say things like this. Everybody in this family has a temper. You know, we're Irish. You, you don't even know how to spell Irish. You've never been to Ireland. But why do you say that? Because somebody years ago said that everybody in our family with this last name has a temper. And you believe it, and you bought it. And now you're taking your temper out on other people, and then your excuse is, and your justification is, well, everybody in this family has a temper. Man, I hear this stuff all the time. Oh, everybody in my family has addict tendencies. We're all addicts. No, the Bible says, when I got saved, I became a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. So I'm not an addict. You know that, that saying, um, once an addict, always an addict. Show me that in Scripture. Show, that's, you're not going to find it anywhere. When you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, people say all the time, we're all God's sons and daughters. No, we're not. No, no, not until we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Then we become sons and daughters, heirs and joint heirs to the promise. And the promise is, I am blessed and I am favored, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Can I hear an amen? amen? Everybody say this, what you expect, you will experience. If you expect trouble, the devil will accommodate If you expect trouble, the devil will accommodate. Let me ask you again tonight, what are you expecting? The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off is what the Word of God says. What if we adopted the idea that nobody wants to go to church anymore? Nobody wants to read their Bible? If we adopted that, this morning we had over 300 people in attendance this morning. If we adopted that attitude, five people would have showed up. Well, nobody wants to hear the Word of God. That's not true. In Hebrews, says, it says every generation there has been a witness. And so when we come in here, we don't have gloom, doom, and despair and agony on me. We say, God, I see this place full. I see that parking lot full. I see everybody that I'm going to write on that board saved and serving God in this church. I believe it. I'm expecting it. That is my expectation. That is my faith level. Amen. And it's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> Everybody say expectation. Say it one more time. Expectation. God didn't call us to fail. He called us to succeed. I don't expect trouble. I expect a blessing. I don't expect trouble. I expect a blessing. Now, guys, for a long time... For the longest time, for that matter, I brought into this Christianity of, of well, what's ever, you know, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it's all in God's hands. And I'm going to tell you what, what happened to me was I fell into depression. And I'm going to tell you, depression is no punk. But when I started changing my confession, and I stopped talking about everything as gloom and despair... And I'll be honest, I pastored a church for a long time, a little church, a very small church, and my words were killing me. They were killing me. I was saying things like, well, it's the last days, you know, nobody wants to come to church anymore. And I was actually producing what I was saying. But when I changed my expectation, and I started preaching like I was preaching to hundreds instead of five and I started seeing people. And I'm seeing, I started seeing everything we're seeing today on a big scale. And I started pushing. I, I, it, I said it this morning. If you aim at nothing, you'll get nothing. And so I started aiming and rising up with my confession. And I quit saying gloom, doom, and despair. And I started saying things. And then even in my personal life, this is something that I'm really working on. And this is something that I'm praying about. And I'm being very transparent with you. And I, I, I don't... I've got a wonderful family, but I do have people in fa- on my family on both sides that have very negative outlooks. And that stuff can be passed down. And so sometimes I have to work really hard to train my confession in my thought life. Because I can get in the molly grubs really quick. And God is, is been, has been challenging me for a period of years now. Rise your confession. That's why I'm preaching this. I'm not preaching just a word of faith type message. No, the word of faith, God gave us the word of faith movement for a reason. Because he wanted us to know. Now, some of it's just out of balance. But, but God wanted us to have that movement because God wanted believers to rise up with their confession. To say, start saying out of our mouth and expecting God to do things. Can I hear a big amen? The Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. I don't expect trouble. I expect blessing. From today, stop expecting trouble and start expecting blessings. Here's number two. What you expect shapes your confession. What you expect shapes your confession. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth... The mouth does what? It speaks. speaks. Let me give you number three because they coincide. Here's number three. Your confession shapes your life. So, number two, what you expect shapes your confession. And number three, your confession shapes your life. Death and life are in the power of the the tongue. Nothing ever works out for me. Nothing ever good happens. I just don't have any luck. And I guarantee you never will until you change your mouth, until you change your confession. Write this down. Your faith can never rise higher than your confession. Your faith can never rise higher than your confession. Here's something else I want you to write down. Keep talking about the battle, and you will keep battling. Keep talking about the battle, and you will keep battling. Have y'all ever just paid attention to some of the popular songs of today? Now, I don't, I don't listen to pop music ever, but I was in a place of business the other day and I, I heard some pop music on in this business and I started listening to the words of what our young people are listening to. And here's what I heard. The title of the song was, I'm a Troublemaker. Another w- song that they were singing was, You Don't Want to Make Me Mad. You say that enough, and it'll start happening. Not me. Why do I do this? So I can be a positive person? No. Because the Bible says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm not going to say that junk, trash in, trash out. If I put trash in, I'm going to get trash out. So imagine if you wake up in the morning... And I'm not trying to say deny reality. I mean, reality is reality. I'm certainly not trying to get you to, to, to not face reality. But if I wake up, imagine this. So Because some of us are, I was doing this. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm not too prideful to say this. I've done this. And what happens is we get so used to negative, and it, it becomes what we hear, and we duplicate what we hear. And so imagine with me this uh, tonight, if we wake up in the morning and the first thing we say is, I feel tired. I feel sick. I don't know how I'm going to make it. It's flu season. Can I tell you tonight, in all respect, that's not scripture. That's not scripture. Yes, we all, we go through flu seasons and as an old preacher, in fact, Brother Jake Snyder, John, you know him, brother, you were he was your pastor. Brother Jake Snyder used to say there's some things just common to man. Sickness is just part of this world, okay? We're just all gonna have the flu sometime and sickness and things like that. But I don't go around confessing that. And have y'all ever noticed it's trendy now to have flu season. It's like trendy. Now we also have COVID season and killer hornets. All kinds of stuff that we get scared of, right? And so we're going around, well, it's flu season. Can I tell you tonight, flu season was invented by Walgreens. Why? They make money, lots of money. And so they put that idea in your head, you need a flu shot, it's flu season. And you buy it. You think, man, oh yeah, I got to have it, man, I got to go get that shot. And I'm not saying deny reality, and I'm not saying we don't get the flu, but I don't go around confessing that, and I don't go around thinking about that. You know, people, uh, I think the stomach virus has been going around, and I just pray it goes right around me. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody will say, well, you know, little Johnny's got the stomach virus, and you'll go, oh, feel something right there. oh, And you'll start thinking about that, and doggone it, you'll get it. Why? Because that's your expectation. You start thinking, as a man thinks in his heart, so is what? So is he. Flu season, recession season, I don't have flu season, I don't have recession season, I have blessings. And in blessing, God said, I will bless thee, and I will multiply your seed. Your confession shapes your life. God is not going to save your soul for eternity in heaven, take you to heaven. He's got a mansion, prepared, a mansion prepared for you, streets of gold. He doesn't have all of that stuff. And then when you need something here, he's going, well, that's taking it a little too far, Jason. You know, for you to ask me for that, that's just a little too much. I don't know if I can do that. Do y'all think God does that? Religion makes us feel bad for asking. So during this 21 days of prayer and fasting, Pastor Jay's going to ask. God, I'm asking. God, I'm believing. I'm going to believe you for big... Why do I want to starve myself for 21 days or ever how long I do this? Why do I want to do that and ask for small things? No, 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 I'm not doing that. I, I want quesadillas too bad. No, Lord, I'm going to ask you for, if I'm going to sacrifice food, I'm going to ask you for big things. I'm going to believe you for big things. So in a moment, I'm going to write names on here that may seem impossible. God, you couldn't save that person. They've been lost and they're a heathen. How could you save him? Or how could you save her? I'm going to believe God to save them. Why? My expectation is that God's going to save them. And my expectation is God hears my prayers when I pray. God listens to me when I pray. Can I hear an amen? Praise the Lord. God hears me. Everybody say, God hears me. We have to change our confession. Everybody say, change your confession. Everybody say this, your confession shapes your life. Religion makes us feel bad. Who do we think we are for asking when God has already done so much? And I I agree with that. God's done a lot. I've said that. God, you've done a lot. If you don't ever do anything else, I'm good. But you know what? That's unscriptural for me to say that. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to His kids? The desire to to increase in everything. That desire was put there, A, it was put in you by God, and B, it's in the Bible. It's religion that tells us we are worthless and to just get by the best we can. There is a repetitiveness of multiplication of God. There is is, uh, this repetitiveness to the multiplication of God. Why? Because we make a decision to live different than the world lives. Let me give you some, some popular misconceptions and we'll end. Here's some popular misconceptions. Number one. People expect bad, and that, that is just the truth. Even from the pulpit, preachers expect bad all the time. Well, one day when we get to heaven, it'll all be worth it, Brother Jason. Well, I believe in heaven. I sing about heaven. I sung about heaven tonight. We sang I'll Fly Away. I believe in heaven, but I don't believe I have to wait to heaven to be blessed. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 says, when when will heaven come down? And it says heaven has already came down and we just celebrated at Christmas and He broke the curse of sin so there could be joy in the world for all of us. Why do we... Bless God, I'm getting excited. Why do we sing joy to the world at Christmas? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we sing that song? Because joy came to the world. And He broke the curse of sin and death for us. So I don't have to wait one day when we all get to heaven. And I love the song. We may sing it one night. I love the song. And I think we should have something to look forward to. But heaven has come down. So it's not just one day. It's right now. God wants to bless me and God has something for me. Number two. Here's something else people say. Well, we all have ups and downs, Pastor. We go from the mountaintop to the valley. That's not even true geographically. There are mountains with multiple peaks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, I didn't write the Bible. I just walk around yelling it and, and pacing. Okay? I didn't write the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I don't have to go from the mountaintop to the valley. Why? Because if I, if I expect a valley, I'm going to be in a valley. If I expect to go through a valley, I'm going to be in a valley. If I expect bad things, bad things are going to happen. Brother Loy, you're going to go into the hospital this week and you're going to expect God to heal you and you're going to be fine in Jesus' name. Raise your hand right now. Father, I thank you. This brother is going to be fine from his head to his feet. And God, we expect it tonight. We believe it tonight. It's going to happen. We don't expect bad, we expect good in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Jesus' name. Everybody say, I don't expect bad. Everybody say, I expect good. It's the light of the Word. That's what we read in Job. It's the light of the Word of God. Me and the devil are not in confrontation or competition. Jesus stripped him of all of his power in my life, and he is under my feet, and he's under your feet, and you should be giving God a hand clap of praise right now. Come on, praise him. The devil is under my feet. I am not in competition, and I am not in confrontation with him. Can I hear an amen? The Bible says people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Let me ask you a question. When I come over here and flip this light switch, and by the way, I wired this building, so it's very good wire. It's wired really good. And it has a lot of lights and a lot of light switches because that's what Brother Danny wanted. So anyway, in fact, he kept adding lights I kept trying to subtract and he kept kind of, he said, "Now we need more lights. So we're well lit. But we come over here. I come over here to this light switch. When I hit this light switch, nothing happens. Praise God. Oh, back there. (laughs) There's another one. Now I hit this light switch. There we go. This is a good one. And this one. When I hit these light switches, what happens? Comes on, goes off. Is that right? On, off, on, off. When I hit those light switches, that light switch doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know if I'm poor. It doesn't know if I'm black. It doesn't know if I'm white. It doesn't know if I'm young. It doesn't know if I'm old. It just says, you turn the switch on and I've got to come on. I want to tell you the light of God's Word when you work it, when you turn it on. It comes on in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It comes on. When you work the Word, it works. That's why next weekend, I'm getting fired up, Stephen. That's why next weekend when I preach, I'm going to give you some things to aim for. And one of the things we're going to aim for is the Word of God. Because when I pray this Word of God, it's like a two-edged sword. When it comes out of my mouth, things start happening, John. When I pray God's Word, things happen, results happen when I repeat what He told me to say. That's why we pray the Word of God. you got to pray Scripture, man. Pray scripture, write down scripture, believe God, trust God. If you're going through a season, trust God. Blood, the blood of Jesus. I mean, that's one of the things that our mentors have been teaching Alicia and I, not that we didn't know about the blood of Jesus, but we've been talking about it at nauseum. Like we're talking about the blood of Jesus, protection in the blood of Jesus, creating protection around our churches. The blood of why? Because the devil hates what we're doing. David, I think it was you, David Faulkner. We, you were talking the other day about blood of Jesus and said and then Pastor Jay got up and preached on the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus protects us and it covers us. Why am I reading those Scriptures, James? Because there is something about when we start reading the Scripture, things start happening. When we start quoting Scripture, when we start praying Scripture, things happen. Everybody say Amen. amen. There is something that happens. When I quote this Word of God, it doesn't matter who I am. If I am a little kid, if I quote this Word of God, things start happening to me. Amen. I don't know where I was at. The light of the Word works for anybody who believes and speaks it out of their mouth. Can I hear an amen? Joshua chapter 1, and you will be successful and you will prosper. The devil is great at running his mouth, but he's not real good at fight time especially if you use the name of Jesus and you start quoting the Word of God. He looks... Write this down. you got to write this down. He looks for soft targets. He looks for soft targets. He looks for people who have a wimpy mindset. People that just, oh, well, whatever will be, will be. That's the stupidest song I've ever heard in my life. No, it's not whatever will be will be. I am what God says I am. I can have what God says I can have. I can do what God's told me I can do. I don't have to go around defeated. He looks for soft targets. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Everybody say that. Resist the devil and he will flee. Let me ask you a question. Somebody answer this question. How do you resist the devil? The word. But the word I was going for is mouth. You resist him with your, your mouth. And the Bible says when you do that, and mom, you're right, when you resist him with the word of God, he doesn't know what to do with that, and he has to go. He has to go. So he plants a thought in your mind, nobody likes me. Nobody cares for me. You cast that thing down, and you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And I quote the word. Don't tell me I'm getting sick. Don't tell me I have cancer. Don't tell me I have heart problems. My hands were anointed from God to lay hands on the sick, and He said they shall recover. So don't tell me I'm sick. Don't tell me that that I have cancer or some type of disease. No, I am healed, and God has equipped me with everything I need to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And that includes myself. Say it out loud. I am not like everybody else. Come on, say it again. I am not like everybody else. Now say this. I'm not going to live like everybody else. You cannot listen to 40 hours of television and social media and not focus on divorce, disease, and debt. And fear. Because that's all it is. It's all fear. That's every bit of it's fear. All fear-based. Why? Fear sells. Fear sells. Did you know in this country... I almost said this this morning. Did you know in in this country that America consumes 80% of the world's pharmaceuticals and antidepressants? America consumes 80% of pharmaceuticals. If you don't believe me, this will probably be the last time anybody all week will talk about anything positive. When you leave here, you're going to get hours upon hours of negativity. You're going to hear things like broke, busted, disgusted, depressed, sick, layoffs, you name it. You're going to hear it. But I want you to say this one more time. I am not like everybody else. Everybody say this. I expect what the Bible says. It's His Word and His will. Wherever our feet tread, we are on land that has already been given to us. So I take the land. I go after it. Whatever that is God's called me to do, I take it by faith. And I believe it by faith. And I receive it by faith. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We could win more people. Think about this. We could win more people than any church in Smackover, Arkansas. And it is not a competition. But I'm talking about ever. Like, think with me. We could win more lost people to Jesus in this church than any church has ever done in, his, in the history of the world. Right here in Smack Over, Arkansas, we could reach that kind of people. But we have to expect it. Well, I want the church to grow. Then start expecting the church to grow. I want to see this happen. Then start expecting that to happen. I want to see people in that baptistry, then expect people in the baptistry. Start envisioning people in the baptistry. And then start praying towards that. Amen. I am not like everybody else. I don't have ups and downs. I have ups and ups. The Bible says from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from strength to strength. doesn't matter. Listen to me because I'm fixing to hit a nerve. And then I'm going to close and get out of here fast. (laughs) It does not matter who the president is. It does not matter who the president is or will be. does not matter. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. But it has no bearing on my life. I was blessed under Bush. I was blessed under Clinton. I was blessed under Obama. I'm blessed under whoever. Trump, you name it, Biden, whoever. I am still blessed, doesn't matter who the president is. I pray for the president, I vote for the president, but that, that has no bearing on me as a believer. The Bible says we are pilgrims, we are aliens in this world. This world is not our home. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. I'm blessed. Everybody say I'm blessed. Ten years ago, if you would have told me that our church would be seeing the things that we're seeing now, I'd have told you you're crazy. Remember, my confession was bad. And if you would have told me, we would be seeing the things that we're seeing. If you would have told me, we would have purchased a building, a 90,000-square-foot building and eight acres of land, and about six months later, after we signed the, the papers, we had a worldwide pandemic If you would have told me that, if you even left the pandemic out of it, if you'd have just said, we're going to buy a 90,000 square foot building and eight acres of land in the heart of El Dorado, if you would have told me that, I would have been in a straitjacket going, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. I couldn't see it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. My confession was not there. And my faith was never going to go higher than what I was confessing. I was just glad to be in a little 2,400-square-foot building, 10 building, and paying the bills. Why, that was my mentality. That's all I could see. I couldn't see greater things. If you would have told me that we reached, uh, this year alone, some, the numbers are going to be somewhere close to 100 people gave their life to Jesus in the year of 2023. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand? if you would have told me that we would baptize 75 people in one year. Now, guys, I know Dallas and metropolitan places are you know, doing big, big numbers, but we're not there. We're in El Dorado, Arkansas, in Union County. 75 people is a big deal. That's a pretty big deal. There are churches in this city or this county, I might say, and it's, so this, ca- this city for that matter, but in this county there's churches that's not seen that in years. 75 people in 10 or 20 years and we saw it in one year why because we started believing and our expectation level started rising which meant our faith started rising and we started seeing it happen i have no idea miss fela how i got out here at cornerstone church on a sunday night i don't know but what in the world ma'am could god do what could the lord sent me here what could the lord do in smack over I don't know. I can't fathom it, James. But what could God do? He's going to do, do it. You expect it? What are you expecting? Brother Lloyd, what are you expecting? What are we believing? David Griffin, what are we expecting? What are we believing? Miss Kay, Stephen, Miss Linda. What are we expecting God to do? Where is your expectation? Because wherever your expectation is, that's your aim. And you've got to expect. We've got to believe that God's going to do big things here. We can't get in the molly grubs and go back to what all the bad things that have happened. You didn't ask to lose Brother Danny. I didn't ask to lose him either. But that happened. Now, what are we going to do with it? We went through our season of mourning like David. Now mourning season's over. And now we're going to push on. And we're going to say, God, what in the world could you do in smack over Arkansas? Why in the world would He give you 15 acres in this beautiful building if He didn't have something in mind? I mean, we, Stephen, you and I didn't ask for this. We didn't ask to, to, to bear the load of this or the responsibility of this. But God, like that Verizon I was talking about, God, from headquarters, said, build this church. What well, He told Brother Danny, He said, dig the footers. I lived every minute of this thing. I was here when they put the trusses on the building. I was here for all of it. And Brother Danny said, I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it. Why? Because his expectation, his expectation said, God, you want a church in smack over Arkansas. And I believe him, ma'am. I believe him. And our expectation has got to go up, and we got to say, man, what could God do? The sky's the limit. What can, whatever you can imagine, that's what God can do. Y'all know the song we sing it at funerals. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when my face, whatever it says. I don't know the words. Yeah, your face before me. I know it had face in there somewhere. But think about that. That song is related to funerals in heaven. But what if we flipped the switch on that and said, I can only imagine what God can do right now. When heaven comes to earth. He said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What could God do? What if heaven came down? What if heaven came down? You remember the story of Jacob and the ladder? And he said, I saw angels ascending and descending. Where were they ascending to? Heaven. When I pray, it's like that Jacob's ladder. My prayers are going up the ladder and God's sending answers back down the ladder. Up the ladder, down the ladder. Up the ladder, down the ladder. What is, could God do right here in Smack Over? It? Anybody getting a hold of this but me? Because I'm having revelation. I'm having a party up here. Anybody expecting? Slam full. Slam full. You see it? You believe it? I believe it. Everybody say, I believe it. Can you imagine what God could do in one year from today? What could we see? I know when we started OCC and I'm closing, but Miss Marianne, come up here so they'll think we're closing. Not closing, but you're thinking I'm closing. When we started OCC, my Lord, my God, do you, I don't, you don't know, but do you know how many people told me, you can't do that. Do you know how many people I had more people tell me we couldn't than we could. Way more people told me we could not do that than we could do that. You you don't need to go over there. That's the bad part of town. That building is a dead end. Why do you think the other church moved out of it? But God put a word in my heart, David Griffin. And he said, that's the building that's the place and then he confirmed it through my wife that was in 2017 in 2019 we bought that building and when we bought that building we thought how are we going to pay the light bill I don't know the day I bought it I wanted to laugh and throw up at the same time I thought dear Lord what have we done and I had so many people, don't do this. It's not, it's not going to work. I had a pastor invite me to lunch. And it was an ambush. That's what it was. It was an ambush. And since then, I've learned a lot. You're not going to ambush me. I'm going to push back on you, buddy. You better get ready. My wife will tell you, I can get very sarcastic very quick. And I didn't know then, but I've learned a lot in five years. I had a pastor invite me to lunch, John Golden. And I sat down. I thought it was just a, a nice gesture. I want to get to know you and praying for you and, and the church. That's what I thought. I mean, I thought that's what us pastors are supposed to do, support each other. A known pastor in our town, if I said his name, you'd know exactly who he is. And he sat across from me. First thing he said, I sit down, grab my food. He looked me in the eyes and he said, this, what you're doing, will never work. It will never work. He said, churches have tried it and Eldorado and have come and gone. And he said, yours will too. And at first I was shocked. I I don't even know what to say. And I looked at him and I said, brother, I get what you're saying. I've lived in this town my whole life. I've watched churches come and go. But I also know what God spoke to me and what he put in my heart. And my expectation is God is going to do something. And if I were you, I'd be praying for us. Because God's fixing to do something in this city that's going to shake this city. And I think you're going to want to be a part of it. And guess what? God started moving. Church started growing. That same man sends me text all the time. You can do it, brother. You can do it all the time. Ask my wife. He sends on Thanksgiving, he says, Happy Thanksgiving. On Christmas, Merry Christmas. Same guy. Same guy. Guys, I'm telling you, when you get your expectation up and you believe God. And you trust God. God, you can do anything. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. I feel faith rising in this room. I feel faith rising. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbro and One Community Church of El Dorado.